So welcome to Skew Food Talks, where we share insights into the food industry to help suppliers grow the bottom line. Today on Skew Food Talks, we're fortunate to have Shelly Balanco from the Hartman Group in Seattle, Washington. One of the biggest challenges facing food industry suppliers is to understand consumer trends and why those consumers buy. To help our listeners gain real-world insights into food and beverage consumers, we have asked Shelly Blanco, PhD and Senior Vice President of the Hartman Group, to come in and share some thoughts with us today. So welcome, Shelly. Thank you. Hi. So Shelly, tell us uh, why... Tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to, into this exciting line of work. Okay, uh, so my career in the food and beverage industry is uh, but 13 years young. And uh, I started uh, in the industry with the Hartman Group uh, because of a methodological fit. Uh, my education, my graduate work uh, in Canada was in applied social psychology, uh, which equipped me with uh, qualitative and quantitative research skills. And uh, Hartman was an excellent place where I could apply those skills, but in a fast-paced industry. And so that's what really attracted me uh, to the area, plus my personal interest in health and wellness. And at the time, Hartman Group was very unique in focusing exclusively on health and wellness and food uh, and uh, needing researchers with those unique skills. Well, that's good. Could you tell us a bit about the, more about the Hartman Group, like why it's so unique and why, why it's become a leader in the, the food and beverage consumer information world? Sure. Well, for close to 30 years, Hartman has been focused on the consumer uh, and really consumer-led in all things that we've done. Uh, and other um, folks in the area are kind of new to this emphasis or approach on being consumer-led. Uh, the other thing that makes us unique is our focus on culture. So we take a very strong sociological, anthropological, and a little bit of psychology uh, into understanding the consumer, because we really see culture as the thing that frames uh, or has put parameters around all consumers' food and beverage decision-making. So that's what makes us unique. And I'd have to say the last thing that um, creates some uniqueness for our work is our focus on progressive consumers. Uh, we really spend a lot of time looking at folks who are at the leading edge of food and beverage culture, because they're the bellwether. Uh, for what mainstream uh, society is going to be doing in the next few years. So that would be another reason why we're unique. Good. Would you be able to give me like a, or give our listeners a quick recap of maybe some of the kinds of services you offer at the Hartman Group? Certainly. So the Hartman Group uh, focuses exclusively on the food and beverage industry, and we serve uh, client interests in uh, food and beverage manufacturing, retailing, as well as food service. And what we offer is a host of consulting and research services. So our roots are in research, uh, in qualitative, namely ethnography, uh, and then quantitative online survey research. And then in terms of consulting, we've been supporting our clients' businesses uh, through portfolio strategy, brand strategy work, uh, certainly some innovation, uh, and a little bit of M&A advising as well. That's great. So during your time as a food and beverage consumer researcher, what's been sort of your favorite role here? What, what are some of the things that you've really found exciting? That's a great question. Uh, I've occupied several roles, uh, you know, researcher, manager, consultant, uh, uh, role in business development, uh, and really my favorite role over the years has been that of ethnographer. Uh, it's a huge privilege to be invited into consumers' homes and into their lives, even if it is just for an afternoon, uh, because it's amazing how candid and open people are in sharing with us um, 
their values, their hopes, the things that keep them up at night, uh, their ideals and aspirations. And it's, it's just truly fascinating to be invited into the consumer's uh, life uh, and glean a, a ton of insights that we can then apply uh, to our clients' businesses. But I'd have to say it was really my favorite role just because it was ever-changing uh, and a real privilege to meet so many fine people. That must give you a really interesting insight into the consumer, uh, getting, getting that close and, and deep with the, the consumer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had the, um, the glamorous task of going through folks' recycle bins with them. Um, <laughs> and, oh, <wow>. uh, <laughs> there's nothing more telling than sorting through someone's uh, recycle or garbage with them and having them tour you through their, their pantry and their refrigerator and, uh, you know, the glove box of their car, uh, if that's a place where they're storing food and beverage. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've been in some really interesting situations and gotten some very um, deep or, or intimate insights over the years. I have to ask you this question. It's one of the things I've always wondered about research and, and things that I've seen in the past, but it, there, is there a difference between what the consumer says they, they want or they, they do or in, and what they really do? If you're poking through the garbage, you must find that out. Yes, absolutely. Um, we definitely see a big distinction between what they say and what they actually do, which is why we've done mixed methods approaches over the years. So we'll do quantitative uh, surveys and then we'll do the qualitative ethnography because that really bears out the difference and will help you understand why there's that discrepancy. Uh, so for example, often we'll you know, start a conversation with a consumer in home and they're telling us about how they only eat healthy foods and especially for their kids, they exclusively buy natural and organic. And then you know, 30 minutes later, we're going through the pantry and there's Oreos and Cheetos. And, <laughs> and to do our jobs uh, appropriately and effectively, we have to point out those discrepancies. And then we hear the rationalization or even the shock like, oh, those are still there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the, oh, well, that's my, my go-to comfort food. I only have those when I have a really bad day at work or, or what have you. So um, yeah, we certainly see that distinction and we've made uh, in our business to help our clients understand the, the distinction and the, the tension between what they say and what they do and really how to leverage that for business growth. I always, I always find the only way to tell for sure is to check them uh, what's in the shopping cart when they're leaving the store. So Indeed, indeed. What's in the cart? What ends up in the pantry? Uh, yeah, what's, what's on the table for dinner uh, that night? Uh, it's really in the behavior uh, that you see, um, you know, true consumer values. Now, Shelley, you've probably seen it all, but what are some of the big uh, food industry changes or paradigm shifts you've seen during your career? I think the biggest change um, that I've witnessed is this shift from natural and organic being something niche and not really something to um, uh, develop one's business around to it being fully mainstream and uh, hugely profitable for some uh, and something that uh, many brands have had to catch up to in order to maintain some relevancy. So I'd have to say that's the biggest change and it's happened really rapidly because even when I started doing this um, in 2005, many of our large CPG um, clients were very resistant to this notion that consumers wanted fresh, real, less processed foods and beverages and were orienting themselves toward natural and organic. <clears throat> and we've just seen a really nice, steady, strong rise uh, in that segment of the marketplace. Well, that's really good. 
That's where I actually first met the Hartman group was at a natural food product show oh, years ago and it was based around organic. So it was, it's really interesting. Do you think it's getting easier or harder for food suppliers to understand the consumer and to align products with those consumer wants and needs and, and why, if, if so? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think it's harder, certainly, because the pace of change uh, is faster. And so keeping abreast of what consumers want um, are, takes more vigilance, uh, but it's easier uh, because there's more touch points with consumers uh, given our digital lives uh, and big data. So in a way, it's easier to understand what the consumer's doing and what they want, but it requires um, basically almost a 24-7 monitoring because things are changing so quickly. I know you at the Hartman Group uh, work with many large food corporations to help them understand the consumers and to match the products or align the products with those consumer needs. But, you know, without giving away any secrets, what are some of the trends you see emerging in the food and beverage sector? Sure. Um, one of the things that we've been writing uh, about publicly uh, is the premiumization that we see in the marketplace with premium food and beverages growing uh, at much faster rates than conventional ones. And by premium, we're really meaning uh, those that have natural uh, product formulations, no artificials, um, and in many instances, a lack of, of legacy branding. Um, so we see premiumization happening across multiple categories and really all consumers um, having a, a desire for more uh, upgraded food and beverage experiences across a wider array of eating occasions and across a wider array of uh, categories. So that, I would have to say, is one of the main trends that we see. And, and within that, the needs that consumers um, are seeking or the benefits that they're seeking related to premium uh, are focused on things like uh, wanting more nutrient-dense foods and beverages, foods and beverages that relate to their very customized health and wellness needs, uh, foods and beverages that will offer performance benefits, whether they be physical or cognitive. Uh, and then lastly, um, a new notion of what is pleasure, because pleasure and indulgence uh, is certainly a part of consumers' lives. Uh, and um, it's just more nuanced, and it's, it's a different kind of pleasure than what we might have uh, seen in, say, the 1970s or 80s uh, during the uh, more traditional food culture that we were living in at that time. So it is definitely getting much more complicated to uh, understand the consumer by the sounds of it. Absolutely. We would say that the benefits that they're seeking and then the needs that they have are much more um, niche, uh, granular and nuanced, uh, as opposed to, you know, big mass market needs that are easy for a company to go after and then achieve a, a big win. Okay. So it's one, it's one thing to have information and, and uh, another thing to know what to do with it. So, what are some of the key metrics you think that a food supply business should have on their radar screen to make the most of the consumer information that companies like yours supplies? You know, that's an excellent question. And I think you pointed at it earlier in your, your question about that, that tension between what consumers say and what they, they do. So I think metrics in terms of having both attitudinal as well as behavioral information at one's disposal is critical. Uh, and then, you know, having someone uh, help translate um, the, the reason for that, that difference uh, would be important for growth. Uh, and then in terms of like a business metric, uh, metric, really keeping one's eye on organic growth is important. Uh, because often there's growth, but that's because of distribution. Uh, and in order to just keep pace with this consumer-led world, uh, focusing on the organic growth that one is achieving uh, is important to not lose sight of. 
One of the things uh, like most of our customers tend to be the more, more, maybe more the smaller, the medium sized producer, and it doesn't always have the resources of the big corporations. Are there areas that maybe are being overlooked by the big players that maybe would be the smaller, medium sized uh, food supply businesses should be kind of getting their eye on? Certainly. Um, small and medium-sized suppliers are in an excellent position to speak to that premiumization that I, I mentioned before, because a lot of what makes a product premium today is a unique story around um, uh, interesting supply chain or production methods. So to the extent that um, you can talk about um, the, the terroir or the locale from where uh, you source uh, ingredients and unique, uh, perhaps artisanal um, production methods, that's really an advantage because it's harder for the, the big players to tell that story credibly uh, because there just isn't perhaps enough supply chain uh, for their scale. Uh, and um, uh, similarly, the production practices that might be uh, workable for a small to medium-sized uh, enterprise, again, wouldn't be workable. Uh, for one of the larger players. So I think speaking to consumers' premium interests around a unique supply uh, and unique production is a sweet spot for the small to medium-sized uh, supplier. Yeah, because a lot of the, the small and uh, medium-sized guys are maybe a little bit more agile, can move quicker, jump on a trend quicker, and get out of it quicker if they need to. So that's all good, good advice. I followed the Hartman Group for a long time, as I was saying, and uh, what I like about the way you package your information is that you make it really easy for the reader to understand um, compared to when you start to look at spreadsheets and all these kind of things of uh, information you might get from other sources. So you have this great information and graphic reports and it all seems to be laid out for the reader, but how have you achieved that connection to know what that, what information is really important? Uh, because it seems really good how you do that. Oh, well, First, thank you for your, your compliments. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, I think the way that we structure our, our reports and our infographics uh, really reflects our focus on listening. Um, you know, really listening to our clients. So basically the same principles that we apply to listening to consumers, we actually apply to listening to uh, our clients in, in the industry. Uh, and in particular, folks who are retainer clients, uh, we ask them uh, ahead of time, you know, what are the key business questions that you're, you're grappling with? What are the key uh, pieces of information that you're, you're seeking in this, this area? And so we'll try to dedicate chapters uh, or infographics to that. And then similarly, um, uh, we'll also review the industry press and look for gaps uh, in what's being said by others uh, and then tailor our communications accordingly. So I would just say essentially it's, we just try to listen. <laughs> that's all. Well, that's good. But I, I've always really thought your, your information is great and I love your infographics and whoever is doing that should get lots of, uh, of uh, kudos there. Um, but you, you do a really good job and listeners should really check out your information on your website. Um, what's your website there, Shelley, just to share it? Uh, it's uh, www.hartman-group.com. Good. And I'll pass along your, your compliments to our head of marketing because um, uh, he and his team do an excellent job. So I'll let them know. That's great. What do you see as the big risks for food suppliers who are not keeping their finger on the pulse of the consumer? Because lots of times people just get busy making a product, they get their head down and then they look up and all of a sudden the market's changed on them, I guess. Maybe I've answered the question there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, maybe you have, but uh, I'll throw my two cents in there too. Okay, good. Um, I would say, simply put, it would be irrelevance. If you don't evolve with the consumer, you will look up one day and recognize that your offerings and your brand uh, have become irrelevant. You no longer speak to the consumer and the, the broader culture that they're living in. And that's essentially what we help our clients avoid um, is irrelevance or bring them back from the brink of irrelevance to really showing the consumer that they get it, that they understand and that they are contemporary uh, and worth considering uh, among the many, many options that consumers have today. Well, one of the things I'm really excited about here, Shelley, is that you're coming to talk at SKU Food or present at SKU Food. You're one of the three presenters we have coming to our live event, which is CART 2018, uh, taking the next step. It's in Halifax, Nova Scotia, September 25th, 26th, and 27th. And Shelley and two other presenters are going to be taking a small group of food suppliers on a deep dive to better understand the consumer, product alignment, um, aligning with the consumer customer needs, uh, creating dynamic retail plans, and strategies that lead to strong trust relationships that put more products and more shopping carts for, for suppliers. So we're really looking forward to Shelly uh, coming and giving some incredible sights into the consumer trends. So she'll just keep on sharing more of the information that she's been doing here. So we're really looking forward to you having come, uh, coming, Shelly. Oh, thanks very much. I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, that's great. So Shelly, could you share just one consumer mystery tidbit uh, you'll be solving for participants at CART? Uh, you know, what would you like to share? You don't have to give it all away, but just you know, <laughs> some of the things that uh, you might be talking about there. Sure. So uh, one of the teasers that I'm, I'm happy to share is that I'll be talking about why the pace of change uh, in terms of food trends seems to be accelerating. So I'll give a little bit of a backstory about why it seems that uh, consumer trends um, are, are moving so much more fast uh, than they did in years past. Yeah, because we're looking forward to, I mean, and you're going to have, you're going to be around the whole event so you can talk to people and people can get their questions answered. So that's really going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to converse with folks and answer questions to the, to the best of my ability. And like I said, you know, Hartman's been doing this for close to 30 years. and We've got a pretty deep well of insights that I can draw on. I mean, I don't know it all by heart, but <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly happy to share what I, I can in the moment. And uh, yeah, follow up with folks if need be. So Shelly, if there was a piece of advice that you could leave with our listeners, besides get to CART 2018 in Halifax, Nova Scotia on September 25th, 26th, and 27th, what would that advice be? The advice that I would want to share is to follow the consumer. They really are at the helm of food culture today. There was a time in our history when uh, what went on in the industry was really led by industry or government and it was a if you build it they will come environment and that's no longer the case. Um, the consumer is leading the redefinition of food quality uh, and with that they are defining all of food culture and really shaping uh, the growth opportunities for everyone's business. So I would just say follow the consumer. Well that sounds like a pretty big paradigm shift in itself that so many people have been used to producing products and putting it out there and customers buying it, but you're, you're saying you got to flip-flop that, right? Indeed, indeed. If you're not um, focused on putting products out that the consumer, that strong consumer research uh, or insights have led you to, I would say, yeah, do that, but you know, with, with a word of caution. Good. 
Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to our listeners today, Shelley, and sharing a, a bit of insights about uh, consumer research and what you do at the Hartman Group, and we really appreciate that. So, oh, you. you're most welcome, and I'm really looking forward to the event. Yes. So as mentioned, we're really excited that Shelley will be joining us at CART 2018, which is September 25th, 26th, and 27th in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's going to be an awesome event and where participants get to work on their business with experts like Shelley. So we guarantee it's going to be a very productive event. You can check us out at skewfood.com forward slash live forward slash for more details about CART or www.skufood.com. Thank you. You've been listening to Skew Food Talks with Peter Chapman and Gary Morton. If you have a comment or question about this episode, please email podcast at skewfood.com. That's podcast at skufood.com. To find out more about how Skew Food can help your food business's bottom line, visit skewfood.com. That's skufood.com. <laughs>